No, the classic one is red. Then there's pink not ones. Not classic. It's not. It is. It's really not. It's really not. What are you mean? Let's just you Google grapefruit and see what colors come up. Man, it's not going to be fucking yellow, I promise. It's because the pink grapefruit has become the more popular and well-liked grapefruit. But that's no, not no. what an original grapefruit is. You don't know shit about this. You're completely making that up. Google grapefruit and see if there's one <laughs> yellow fruit that comes up. <laughs> I eat slash drink grapefruits every day, okay? I buy <laughs> grapefruits from the grocery Look store frequently. Like the first fucking picture. What's that look like to you? It's like goddamn yellow grapefruit. That's the exact picture that I was ta- pulling up that, that said Oro Blanco, this grapefruit I've never seen in my life. <laughs> grapefruits aren't yellow, I promise. They are, dude. Look at this. There's it's one like strain fucking... of it that's yellow, and I've never seen it in my life. I don't. I've I've never been able to find this, and I want to now. I want to taste it. It's like a it's like a big ass lemon is what a grapefruit naturally is. No, like it's look at this. They put the yellow not. in front of the pink because they're like, that's the star. That's the star of the dish right there. No, I want to taste it. No, no, you don't actually. They're very bitter. I like bitter. That's what I like about grapefruit. The interior flesh is segmented and varies in color from pale yellow, which they mentioned first because it's the most common, to dark pink. That's Wikipedia right there. Ciao, I'm Dominic Vanucci. We got grapefruits on the menu today. All red, no yellow grapefruit. Here we go. Oh, look at this. Who's the interrupter this time? Just like last episode, we start with a nice interruption. Hey, everybody, we said we were coming back sooner, and here we are. Not but three, day, three days, two days. Who knows? I don't know how many days it's been. It's Thursday, September 16th. It's 11.27 a.m. in Toronto right now. My name is Jacob Eamon. He's David Patrick Fleming. You're listening to Underdogs. Underdogs. That's right, baby. Uh, it's it's another it's another time in the season where after what I've seen this weekend, I was live at the Rogers Center yesterday to see what the Blue Jays did to the Tampa Bay Rays, the 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 league leading Tampa Bay Rays, and their their top offense, their their number one run scoring offense in the league, <laughs> and uh, the embarrassment that I imagine they feel after uh, going to wherever it is they are going today. Um, you know, we're we're the favorites at this point. When I look at this team uh, in a series versus, we're no longer we're no longer the underdogs, baby. It is favorite season. We are powerhouses. We, it was an absolute domination of the Rays. That first game, David, where what what was it? Eight. It was eight, eight nothing. Zip. The whole eight, eight zip. Shut them out. I I haven't seen domination like that against the Rays. I don't I don't remember the last time I felt like they had no chance against us. Not even close. Um, Manoa, <laughs> Manoa owned them. His slider was electric. It, the the movement that he had on that thing, sometimes going straight down to the ground, sometimes complete horizontal uh, break inside, um, and and then you know game two 
I'll give I'll give Tampa a classic fucking Tampa versus versus us game. You know, we can't figure out their stupid pitcher. Their stupid loser on the mound and he does the exact same sequence of pitches to every single player on the team, except for we don't figure out, or there's just nothing we can do about it. Bo's swinging outside the zone, nodding his head, saying, yep, and saw that coming. <laughs> um, but then, yesterday, Wednesday afternoon, it's, it's Ray Day. It's Ray Day again. Robbie Ray in his tight pants marches into the Rogers Center, his home on his way to his his first Cy Young. Um, and it, from from the first inning, it it really felt like they didn't stand a chance. Robbie Ray was exactly what he needed to be. He was uh, dominant from beginning to end, you know, whatever, a little single home run, he does that. But the the offense, the top of the order, just like in in uh, like a factory, you know, working perfectly. The exact same thing. It felt like it happened in the first inning as it happened in the third inning. The next time they came up, so Marcus Simeon single, Vladdy crank a double, and Bo cashes him in. Bo had an incredible game, seeing his home run live in person yesterday. Um, what what a great time that was. You find it hard to pay attention to the game when you're there live to some degree. Like you would think that you'd be more into the game, but I always find when I'm there live at the game, there will be significant portions of time I have. There'll be score changes. There could be a bench clearing brawl, and I could miss that in yeah. in some in some regard. I I find it it's easy to get lost in the lull of like a large open space and you're drinking booze. You're getting caught up by like listening to other people's conversations. You're, you know, looking around, you're just like, it's just nice to be outside. And, and I find it hard sometimes to, uh, to pay attention when I'm there live. Oh, for sure. You don't have someone talking you through what's happening, keeping <laughs> your mind from wandering, you know, when you're at the game, there's so much more st- stimulus, stimulants to your senses the music's coming on and there's new walk-up songs and you are fucking driving up a storm with your hips because of the sexy latin music of 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 uh vlad's new walk-up song i don't know what that is i uh, i was having a great time dancing there was a jennifer coolidge from white lotus type behind me and my friend rose yesterday who was like, I want to take you guys on vacation because we were having such a great time. We were salsa dancing. We were up in our seats having a blast, you know. Were you drinking Palm Bays? No, I I stayed (laughs) far, far away from the Palm Bays this time. I saw them in in the fridge. They called my name and I said, no, thank you. I started out with an organic, nice organic lager. That went down smooth and easy, nice and cold. And uh, the next time I went up, I decided to try a Bud Light seltzer. Oh, shit. That's probably worse than a Palm Bay. You probably found the one thing that's going to get you into a fight quicker than a Palm Bay. Yeah, I did, uh, there wasn't even someone that looked at me. 
Um, yeah, the, because you were that guy. guy. You're that guy. You know when you're on the subway and there's somebody that's getting everybody's kind of uh, back up and you look away. Like you're just like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. You were that guy yesterday where everybody was like, don't look at him. He might engage with you. He's drinking Bud Light Seltzer. He sells to dancing. I don't want to tell him. I don't want to tell him to sit down. Just like, let's just, you know what? We'll just burn this game off. We'll just, we'll just leave early and that'll be fine. No, man. I don't know. I think there's something that happens when I shave my face. The way that the world sees me and interacts with me after that, it's like, suddenly i'm not a threat and in fact like i'm i have a warm energy i've got people like asking me for directions again like wanting to pet bruce not avoiding me at all costs to the point where like i said someone wants to someone wants to take me on a vacation because i seem like so much fun right mm. so there was no ill will around me no one no one looking to start any fights to be fair i wasn't I wasn't quite on the same level, um, intoxication wise, um, you know, emotionally. the The whole experience was it was very enjoyable, but it didn't have the same uh, charge emotionally that that first game had. And I would say I had had about half or a quarter to drink as what I had that that first day. Which was a lot. It's an interesting experiment, though. What would have happened on that first game that we were there together, where you got into multiple fights, uh, if you had had a shaved face? I didn't really consider that. Like people may have just like uh, sloughed you off as like, oh, it's just a young, young little boy. He's just a little boy who loves his Blue Jays, doesn't like the Yankees, and that's just the way it is. He collects baseball cards and stickers and. Ah, that's okay, kiddo. That's okay. You can yell at my friend. But then you put that beard on and all of a sudden, it's just a different thing. There's just a darker, more intense energy. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, and uh, my friend Rose, she was talking about who I would be on the Blue Jays. And she thinks that uh, I would be Adam Simber. Um, and, you know, looking at him in my face and him pitching, I was like, oh, I can see it from the neck up. Obviously, his body type, the length of his legs and all of that, that's nothing like me. But it, it, it was funny that she said that because I felt like at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, like when they got Simber, whenever that was in the beginning of the season. But when they got him, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of started this season out like an, like an Adam Simber morphed into Lance Lynn. And now I'm like slowly <laughs> coming back to Simber. And that's I mean, a comment on my weight. Oh yeah, no, that's very clear. Uh, it's almost and like my and my deep uh, seated uh, emotional issues that I yeah. uh, have. Yeah, it's it's when you shave the beard and you have to deal with your actual face. That's what's going to really light a fire under your ass to uh, try to deal with any sort of weight issue that you that you might be dealing with. Because even Lance Lynn's got a big ass beard, does he not? Oh yeah, yeah, he does. I would maybe not big ass beard, but he's got a massive face, and any amount of beard on it makes it seem pretty big. Was any part of you hurt initially when she told you you'd be Adam Simber? Like, did you want to be more of a star player? Did you want to be somebody else? And you felt like being like Adam Simber was sort of some comment on your own character, or were you happy with that? Um, you know, there's always going to be an element where I'm not pleased with anyone less than a superstar. 
but again, like just looking at the face, I was like, oh, I kind of see the facial resemblance. And so I wasn't taking offense to that, um, you know, body wise. So I, I, you could, I would probably be more comparable to, I'm guessing like Barrios. I don't know how big Barrios is, but I think he's pretty little. I imagine I'm probably bigger than Barrios. No, not even close. I, I would say so. Jose no, man. Barrios height. They're going to give it to me in fucking cent, uh, meters. <laughs> 1.83 meters. I don't know what that is. That's six feet. Six feet. All right. So he's a. That's like six one, probably. No, no, no. Yeah, dude. I, look I that doubt up. he's even. I doubt he's even 1.83 meters. Yeah. So they say he's six feet. Um, just a little bit, just a little bit taller than me. I'm guessing he's probably actually five eleven, and and they give him six because he wants it. So, yeah, we're looking at me basically being Jose Barrios. Um, that's that's basically it. Jose I'm Barrios like, is one of the most fit guys on that team, and you're just gonna just casually say that you're. Jose Barrios. You're just going to just say that like it's nothing and then just move on to a different topic. Oh, I'm I'm probably most like Jose Barrios. Anyway, he have you seen him in a post-game interview with his t-shirt on? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Comparable. Comparable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like a I'm like a Jose Barrios type Mixed with a bit of Ryu, a little uh, Hunjin Barrios, you know. No, a little, Ryu's uh, like so wide and big. That's yeah. not you're you're way off here on what you're doing. Okay, like a like a hmm. Let's think here. You're like Adam Simber's face. Yes, and then we're gonna put that on. Uh, we're gonna put that on Montoyo's body. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently Gerard Dyson's only five nine. I'm I'm bigger than Gerard. Yeah, you could be more like Gerard, but again, Gerard's also extremely fit. And this isn't me. I'm not fat shaming you in any way. Nor am I saying that you're not. But these are these are high end athletes. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Alejandro Kirk's five eight. He's he's about two inches shorter than me, oh, and has it. has about a hundred pounds on me. <laughs> so these these are high end athletes we're talking about on the Blue Jays here. I get it, I get it. Jeez, guys, uh, Blue Jays are in a massive playoff push. They're uh, tied for the lead in the wild card. Uh, they just beat the Rays two out of three. You guys are talking a lot, a lot about who Jacob would look like if he was a Blue Jay. Look, look. If we're talking about me as a Blue Jay, I'm working out every day and I'm fucking cut, dude. I am like, I am. You are seeing strains, sinews in my muscles that, like, it's unbelievable. When I was younger, I was a boxer, and I worked out. I did two-a-days. You know, we're talking, like, I was I was pretty, I was dripping in something. Hey, guys, you know I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not willing to work out to be a Blue Jay, but if you make me a Blue Jay, then I'll start working out. Then you'll see what I really have to offer here, but you you just wait for it. Dude, we're playing blitz ball this week. We got to get out there before uh, the winter comes. <laughs> and I'm going to, I need to get in shape. So we're going to play blitz ball all day. Hey, man, how'd you get so cut? Uh, blitz ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you, uh, we're gonna set up. We're gonna set up our uh, our garbage can strike zone again, and you're gonna you're gonna strike me out a lot. But when I make contact, man, I got a nice line drive kind of. Uh, anyway, why don't you do a game diary? <laughs> you fuck you throw me under the bus like that i don't want to do a game diary what do you mean you don't want to do i thought we, spe- we you did a whole delay so that you could get your game diary up to snuff here don't you never said you weren't doing to it people jacob don't reveal that to people well they know they see they heard me tell them the time <laughs> and they know what time we typically <laughs> record everybody knows what are you talking about i always say what time we are recording it is that some comment on the fact that I didn't do that last episode? Are you trying to be passive aggressive with me, Jacob? Um, all right. <clears throat> this is uh, anyway. What do you mean, anyway? <laughs> <clears throat> trying to wrap my head around this. Uh, we've gotten so off track here on what we're what we're what we're doing. Let's uh, okay. Just Take us back this. to what happened in the game yesterday that I uh, there's was at. very little about the game in this, my guy. There's very little about the game. <laughs> don't don't expect this to remind you of anything that happened in the game, okay? This is not about that. Okay. This game diary is brought to you by a crisp fall-like air filled with hope and the potential of something special on the way and to asking more of yourself and for others and kindness and I'm gonna start drinking. Is that okay? Look, it's 3 p.m. I don't make the schedule. What am I? I'm not gonna drink watching the game alone in my apartment. I don't even like baseball without booze. Guys, I worked five hours yesterday. I think I'm allowed to celebrate with six or seven drinks. We got Jays and Rays, Robbie Ray and Michael Daka. I know it's Waka, but my autocorrect refuses to allow it. So it Daka it it. God damn it. That is tough to read because there's so many Dakas in there. There are flies swarming around Robbie Ray. And I imagine it's from the smell of his dick. Now, listen, I'm not saying Robbie Ray has a stinky dick. What I'm saying is his dick is likely large. And because of that, it simply emits more odor. And that's just science. And the flies are getting high off that steam anyway guys you're making me feel a bit weird about that dick stink stuff so let's just stick to baseball i guess just talk about baseball pig that's what we're all here for i wonder if robbie ray says to other hitters hey if you don't strike out i'm dming your wife and then what are they gonna do that's a divorce where are your kids gonna go you gotta move you gotta try to get over that pain in the middle of the season and you got thoughts of those tight pants lined up in your mind doing the can can with a stinger of an erection that is an erection that's so hard it stings and you are tossing and turning in bed and it's just not worth it. Fuck Brett Phillips. He makes a diving catch. He didn't even need to dive. Brett Phillips is like a fan that won a contest to be a big leaguer for a day and he's going to brag to all his D&D buddies that he's got a carpet burn. Michael waka 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 you know like the record thing. Speaking of records Vladdy is like two dingers shy of being the youngest dude to ever hit a ton of dingers and he gets it started with a laser to left field and the left fielder looks like Jacob trying to catch that ball. If he made a sound, it was likely, I <laughs> Vladdy has a double, and we got second and third with the one out for Bo Bichette. Why don't we ever talk about how tight Bo's pants are? I would tear those off in a totally non 
non-sexual way. And oh my, that is a blast to left. He golfed it. It's three nothing. Eat shit, Tampa Bay. You're garbage. I am shoving Pillsbury cookies into my throat. I'm not even eating them. I'm chugging them. Every time I eat one, I call myself fat and I slap my stomach, but I can't stop. And it feels so awful. There's a trailer for a Clint Eastwood movie on and he's dead, right? He, he's just an angry ghost at this point. It seems like every line of text he says is costing him whatever precious air he has left. And he's mad that he's wasting it on a movie and not apologizing to a family member for some horrid thing he did. Vladdy smashes another rocket for a double. And it's Bichette RBI for nothing. That's it, folks. We're going to the World Series. And I'm not kidding. Dan and Tabby start praising Alejandro Kirk for a nice play. And the camera punches in on Kirk. And they... T- Fuck, this is hard to read. I didn't... <clears throat> Dan and Tabby start praising Alejandro Kirk for a nice play, and the camera punches in on Kirk as they talk, and Kirk is just digging at his balls. He's just smashing his balls back and forth with his hand for a significant amount of time as they keep talking about his growth and his work ethic. At this point, I'm three drinks deep, and I just start fucking around on my phone, and I go on Snapchat, and I watch some teenage boy do shirtless push-ups, and I look up, and it's 4 nothing from a Zanino homer, and it takes me 10 minutes to not feel how awful about how I miss that. I didn't search for it, by the way. I didn't write young boy push-ups into my phone. I just happened upon it, and yes, I watched it, but it's more of an exercise thing than anything. Wow. 5-1 on a bow single. That is five RBIs for Bo. And then Teoscar smacks a single. It's 6-1. This is a done deal. And I'm just soft tossing cookies down my throat. I got to take the garbage out. And I get back and it's 6-3. And all I have to see is the name Soria on the back of a jersey. And I get it. Oh, Soria. I fucked up again. Soria. Romano comes on to close. And he has gone down to the isolated mustache. And I love it. He throws bullets and he gets the save and we win and we are the best team in baseball and I will fight anyone who argues that after I puke up, let's call it 15 cookies. Wow. I, I That's a nice diary. That's that's elite diarying, David. Um, the, the precision um, and, and the... I'm thinking that after I edit out all the times you fucked up, it's quite tight too. It's the shortest diary I've ever done. You're absolutely right about that, Jacob. And now the retelling of it is the longest diary I've ever done by the <laughs> amount of times I fucked up. But that's really just something that you're aware of. Yeah, well, maybe not. Maybe I'm just leaving this whole thing to... <laughs> I'm not even adding music this time. We're just letting that play out. Everyone gets an inside look into what goes into making a diary and what I have to deal with in the editing room every time you do one. I'm usually clean, baby, and you know that. I'm usually slick and just rattling that shit off. But the thing is, I had to smash around and write that a little bit this morning, and I didn't uh, spell check it. So I don't even think you realize some of the grenades I jumped over in the retelling of that. Some of the times where I saw that the word was completely the wrong word, and then quickly in my mind realized what the word was supposed to be. And I'm just, I was like a ninja at times in that. No, you know what I think has actually happened? I just took a glance in the upright corner of my uh, 
screen, David, and I realized it's Thursday, and it reminded me of many Thirsty Thursdays where we're trying to get through a drunken uh, game diary, and it makes me wonder what you did before we started this morning. I didn't. You know, I would have, you know, I would love that as an excuse. I would love that. I just didn't. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, um, you, there's a lot of great stuff that you mentioned in that um, diary, but one thing that hit me in the end was the discussion of Jordan Romano's beard. Um, it wasn't in the docket for my topics for today, but it brought up something inside of me and and i think you're definitely right about just going down to that mustache his beard was one of the worst beards to me that i uh, uh, that i'd seen on the team in a while and i'm including guys who do the chin strap because the the shape of it the just the allowance of how bushy it were this this is why i shaved my beard because i was like ugh, i think i look like jordan romano and his round ass beard like it's it was so bad and 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 i think it's i think it's a great look going down to this mustache for me when it comes to a closer coming in to and if you're an elite closer and you throw gas which romano does and you know he you could make the argument that he's elite um it's not about a style necessarily it's about like a feeling so i didn't mind his beard because it represented something that was sort of like off kilter about him it was just sort of like what kind of person would have this sort of beard and then he was he used to do you know he doesn't do the bend down anymore he stopped doing that but that mixed with his beard that worked for me because it just it just gave him this oddness but now the isolated mustache has a similar feel i just hope that he lets it go for like another, like I hope it, he's just growing that mustache out for the end right. of the year because it needs some, if it gets some more size to it and then it yes. kind of has that same like off kilter nature to it. Cause right now it's just sort of a nice mustache. It needs to get weird. I, I think you're absolutely bang on with that. And you just reminded me too. Do you think that, uh, 97 miles giles is out there like texting jordan romano like hey man can you please please bring back that dip thing it was the only thing that was keeping any sort of memory of me alive and i'm trying to work back from this rehab thing i did the surgery and like you doing that was really helpful for me because everyone was like oh yeah he got that from giles giles exists he's a person and now now they don't know so can you please bring it back well, as somebody who watches the Blue Jays and follows the Blue Jays, I even forgot that. So I would imagine that's already long forgotten. I completely forgot that that's where he got it from. Fuck. All right. Well, sorry, Giles. If you're listening, which I know you are, then uh, I still remember you. And my heart will go on. Um, one thing, uh, uh, being at the game yesterday, I got to see this whole, like, they're really making um, Romano a thing in the stadium they do this whole like um this whole introduction of him with all of the like lights flashing red in different like billboards and things around the stadium like oh jordan romano's coming in they got their cool music and there's red flashes everywhere and like pictures of him like he's a fucking badass and like they they're they're really they really believe in him as this as as their big guy at the end and it kind of i don't know it kind of surprised me because I don't know why it surprised me, but do you think they would do that if he came in in a non-save situation? Like, do you think if like they used him in the eighth, they would still do that, or do you think that they would uh, secondarily, whoever came in to 
close a game that they have that ready to go for anybody i think that it's specifically for him because the red really like i feel like they're really trying to hammer home that he's canadian yeah right and that's an element of it the canadian guy look at this red romano's coming baby that kind of a thing so i don't know that's a good question if they do it for the for the um eighth inning where are you at with um georgie springer's health um yeah it's not uh it's not looking good i mean he he goes down to a knee a lot when he swings he's not okay. making great contact he um it seems to be also like adding to things like yesterday fouls a ball right off of his foot uh every time he has to uh run it's scary and um even yesterday when he goes first to third on first that uh, pass ball third i was like what in the fuck is he doing and then he you know with a great slide he dives in there but was that for was him getting to third worth him not playing for the rest of the year my answer to that is no uh it's it's tricky. I don't I don't know if this is what you're asking me, but I'm not ready to move him out of the leadoff spot yet. This is not at all what I'm asking you. My whole thing here was after seeing him live in person yesterday and even the game before that, I think that the all of this talk in the media is again just like this bogus that this narrative that they've come up with that actually has no basis in like discussion with the team because I look at him and I see him ripping first to third. I see him stretching yesterday, that swim dive, uh, turning a double, uh, stretching a single that really had no business in being a double and making it. The speed that he has on the bases, I feel like he's a lot closer to being able to play defense um, than the media's, like, I, I don't know if it was Blair yesterday being like, well, it'll be it'll be the, the World Series where we see him playing defense again. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, the, I, the way I see him running, I don't see why he can't be playing playing defense before the end of the, before the end of this season. That's, there's, that's there's something about his injury where I wonder if it if it if he feels it once he um, slows down. Because there's a lot of times I really notice it when he's sprinting hard to first. Mm. And then when he runs through the bag, he sort of hobbles a bit when he gets through. So I, I would imagine like if if that's the case, then him diving into bags is actually the best case scenario for him because he doesn't want to get up to a sprint speed and have to slow his his speed down manually with his legs. He wants to just go full speed, dive into bags. That's interesting. So maybe if they did go out in the outfield, he goes, catches, runs through a catch, <laughs> and then just and then just lays out and slides his way out of, yeah. of it so he can slow down that way. <laughs> yeah, he just he sprints and then no matter after he sprints, he throws the ball in a full sprint and then he just swan dives. <laughs> or tuck and rolls like he's diving out of a moving vehicle or a train yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel I feel like he as from what we know about George, they all they, they're always talking about his pain threshold, how he's got a cra he can take a crazy amount of pain. Yeah, but that um, doesn't make me feel good in reference to this. No. That makes me feel like how much damage is he doing by doing this? Yes, I agree. But uh, and he was told that he can't um, exacerbate the injury by playing on it. And I'm like, I uh, don't know about that. Is that ever a thing? Like, you're sure you can make something worse. Yeah. I think like he heard that. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch me stretch first to third on a pass wild pitch. Like, that blew me away. 
Yeah, I was but, really surprised by that too. Um, I just feel like he he can't he can't be stopped. There's no there's no part of him that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna cool things down here, and I'm gonna stay healthy. I think he's just like it's it's a on and off switch, man. It's but you are starting to see the struggle at the plate. Like he's not. I mean, it, it's possible that you know hitters get hot, they get cold, whatever. It's possible that he'd just be going through a little downturn offensively, regardless of an injury. But it does seem like there's like a. It does seem like it it has to do with the injury to a degree because it looks like there's like an adjustment being made in the way that he's swinging at the ball. Yeah, that's that's true. But I guess all of this I was just wondering about because I feel like the lineup and the potential for how we can lay out our team goes to a whole nother level once George is able to play center field because suddenly that DH, that valuable DH spot opens up. Kirk can be playing when he's not catching. Um, you can you can play for a more uh, defensive lineup with getting either Lourdes or Tay Oscar DHing and having, you know, a lineup of Grichuk and Wright or, you know, it's just... And getting a day off, getting Vlad a day off his feet, getting Bo a day off his feet, moving Marcus to shortstop. It's just like it really clogs things up having George just DH. And so I feel like he's got to be pushing for it sooner than later. And I, the way that they've handled him this season, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing defense next week. I just wonder with the day off today, because they don't they just finish this sort of long stretch of games. They have a day off today and then they're going to play the twins. I wonder if you like gamble a little bit and give George a second day off because you're playing the twins, a team you should be able to beat. They're playing Michael Pineda. Um I don't know. I it just feels like it's a it's a worthwhile gamble if you felt like an extra day would do anything for his injury. If if the thought of with the injury is like it's never getting better until he takes a month off, then you know, fuck it. Just put him out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And that, I don't know. I feel like that was the sort of the, the thought a while ago um, was that it's not getting better. And, you know, there's whatever Blair rumbling. Maybe don't be surprised if he's getting a little uh, surgical in something going on in his knee in this offseason. I don't know. But uh, do you think if he was a free agent at the end of the season, he'd be playing? If he was a free agent at the end of this season, he'd be playing. Like, do you think know. part of him, like, like struggling through the pain, is the fact that he has signed a hundred and sixty million dollar contract, and you know he doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff? Personally, no. I the I don't know him personally, but I feel like I know him intimately, and uh, <laughs> what I feel is that he's going to be playing. If if he's allowed, if he's cleared to play, he's playing regardless of what the record is, what the situation for his contract is. I feel like he's, you know, he's in having the time of his life. He's in the prime of his career. He's in his new home. He's with this incredible vibe. There's these guys that he's that he loves, and uh, they're on a, a sort of historic run right now. And there's no way he's missing out on that. Yeah. It is nice for him to have that security, though, because all of that stuff is true, but it is also true because he signed this massive contract and he doesn't have to worry about you know teams paying him way less because he enters the offseason with this injury that people aren't sure about. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, something else that happened yesterday, not at the ballpark that I was at, 
Apparently, Kevin Biggio, in his rehab stint, um, went three for five yesterday with a grand slam. Um, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. New wrinkle here. Kevin Biggio coming back into the fold, perhaps. I went and looked at his numbers for what the rest of it's been, and he's hitting 167 with a, a slash line 167, 286, 333 since he's been <laughs> working in the minor leagues to come back. And uh, that didn't give me a lot of hope. But, you know, maybe maybe things all turned around yesterday and he's figured something out. Where, where are you at with him and, and your desire to see him again or, or what has been happening at third base in his, in his stead and Espinal's stead? I don't think of him too much differently than I think about Jake Lamb, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, see them being overly different um, now. I mean, which is interesting because I was just about to say, you know, Kevin Biggio has this maybe higher upside, or if you can get the good version of Kevin Biggio to come back and be a high on base percentage. But Jake Lamb's also been a 30 home run guy in the major leagues like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not anxiously awaiting the arrival of Kevin Biggio. I think it causes more of a, a problem almost than it does of any benefit. I'd be more uh, happy to see Santiago Espinal coming back and getting more reps because that would be the guy that I would like to see get more time and play a more consistent third base. And then you could mix him up with Jake Lamb if you wanted the lefty, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm not giving up on Kevin Biggio, but in a way I am for this season. Right. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him in the off season and what it's like for him to come back. I feel a little bit, I feel bad for him a little bit. The way that like the, the, the core, like how core of a member he was of this team last season and their March to the, to the playoff two game, whatever series with, uh, with Tampa and just like, you know, him being one of the, one of the legacy boys and this season just completely like struggling, being injured and then just kind of falling by the wayside. And I feel like it's possible. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I never saw him again to some extent, you know, do you mean on any team or as a blue Jay as a blue Jay? Yeah. You know, and just kind of the way that, that the big leagues kind of eats guys up. Um, you know, obviously, he's got a, a gr- great tools, and his versatility has always been what's uh, set him apart and given him playing time. But you know, I just, I don't have a. We don't have time to to be. Uh, this team doesn't have time to be messing around and, and developing guys anymore. You know, the rest of the players are are developed and they're above average or average major league dudes. And I don't know that that Biggio is. Uh, an average major league hitter. I, I can't wonder tell. if he, I wonder if he regrets kind of his versatility or his openness to so much versatility <laughs> and, and, and just wondering if, if he had a, it's sort of a double-edged sword though, because if he had a said, you know, look, I'm only a second baseman or I'm only a third baseman, he probably wouldn't have had the kind of playing time that he had early on. But then you'd wonder if his production when he was playing wouldn't have been better because he was in a more comfortable spot and not having to focus on all mm-hmm. this extra shit. Cause I would imagine his days 
when he was playing were just filled of like all these extra defensive drills and stuff that they were trying to get him on top of. And he was dealing with those injuries. I mean, he had the neck thing. He had the wrist and hand thing that he was dealing with. And I mean, he was last time I saw him, he still had that tape all over his neck. So I think that he probably was just saying yes to too many things and probably hiding how the severity of an injury. And so that's why I would say I haven't given up on him. I think he just needs an off season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he just needs to get his, his body right. And to, you know, be more clear. And then that might be why he's better on about another team where another team, like, cause the blue Jays, the way that it works with him is he's going to be a hole filler. And, you know, he could be a consistent second baseman on another major league team. Yeah. And I feel like he was okay actually when he was a hole filler, but they said, well, look, we've got a season long hole potentially here at third base, uh, your new position. And actually, uh, sometimes we're actually going to go have to be- go back to being the hole filler. So yeah, you are going to have to be spending a lot of time uh, doing all those extra things. But also, we need you to be uh, above average uh, third baseman, um, a position that you're uh, playing. Pl- you played very little of. Um, <laughs> so and you, don't, and you don't really have the arm for it either. <laughs> no, you do not have the arm for it. So <laughs> so uh, let's see it. See it third. Make sure that's all tight. And uh, by the way, keep up that on base percentage and uh, maybe uh, bring that batting average up a little bit. A little uh, hitting has been a little light. Um, so let's see what you got. It's it's a it's a challenging spot to, for him to be in. Um, personally, I don't know. I. I guess there's nothing wrong with him coming back as a utility guy, a bench dude. Um, but to me, he's uh, he's I, I've moved past him ever ever being a potential everyday guy for me. I want I want someone I want someone with more pop if if they're my everyday third baseman. I want someone who's who's can do damage, not just an on base. I mean, on base is obviously amazing and everything, and if that's consistent, then great. But I want someone who's above average defensively at third who, who can hit me some some home runs. Well, it's interesting because that is a spot where you could fill that you could have a lot of offensive potential, but the way that Marcus Simeon hits at second base sort of covers that. True. You can almost just reverse those spots. You can just say, just give me a really good defensive third baseman. He can be somewhat light hitting and uh, we'll take care of the numbers with Marcus being at second base. Because one thing I don't want is for them to move or not get Simeon in the off season. Then Kevin Biggio is your starting second baseman. And then you still have this problem at third. And then it's like, Ooh, that just looked bad real quick. Oh yeah. That sounds nasty. That sounds terrible. And you know, I think you're right. And I'm okay. I don't know. It's, it's been interesting them just kind of, filling this hole with whoever they can and you know jake lamb coming out of nowhere and just like joining the join the team him being okay and bravik valera um who again i feel like has these these long stretches and we were we were both pretty complimentary of valera early on from what we saw and then there was i feel like a time where the whole fan base just loathed him and you know him not being pulled for certain situations or him being asked to bunt in certain situations are going to make make a lot of people hate him but he's been fine i don't know what to make of him defensively i can't tell if he's good or if he's bad but i haven't seen him uh been obviously bad defensively i think there's always this thing that happens when you get a player who isn't an everyday major league player and then they 
start to play good for whatever reason. They just get a little hot stretch or they get up in big moments and they come through. And then you think, oh my God, he's great. Like, why don't we play this guy every day? And there'll always be a time when you're aware of why they haven't been an everyday player. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that always turns and you're like, oh, this is why you've been in the big leagues for so long. And you've been like a journeyman or like, you know, you play 50 games a year or, you know, you, you just don't play a lot. It's not, it's not that the fans are in the know and these organizations aren't. It just takes time for you to see a sample size large enough to see what the issue actually is. Mm. What an observation, David. <laughs> that's that's deep. That's deep. Um I had a I had a bit of a I want to say deep observation um the other night. I was I was sitting watching the game um, you know, had a had a little to drink, feeling feeling a little toasty, and uh, someone hit a home run, and Hazel May was in the dugout, and she was taking a picture, and I was like, oh, that's that moment. They 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 did the home run jacket, and she's the photographer in that little well there. And then I saw them all joking around. And I saw her looking at her phone, all this stuff happening, and I was like, and what a what a shame it is that. In Toronto, in this media and in one of the main media that covers the Toronto Blue Jays, that we don't have a single dude that speaks Spanish. And like, imagine if we had not a dude, it can be a woman too. It doesn't, I don't care about that, but just like a Spanish speaking member of the media or like particularly someone in Hazel May's situation sitting next to the dugout that actually has any clue what these what this massive part of our team is talking about or what their lives are like. Like, it's such a shame that no one in Sportsnet or as far as I know, TSN or any anyone that covers this team can speak Spanish and, like, have that sort of thing to relate to. Like, you think you, you, you know about, like, Marley Rivera and ESPN and, like, the relationship that she has with Vladdy and all these other guys that speak Spanish in the league. And just, it seems like, what a what a waste... And like, what a bad job on Rogers Sportsman to not have like made that a priority to hire someone that can give us access and someone that the players trust in a whole new way, potentially. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's also interesting, like, we don't actually know, like maybe Hazel May does understand a certain amount of Spanish from having been around, you know, big league ball players for so many years. And maybe she does pick up on things, but maybe, you know, she doesn't make that part of her job or she doesn't communicate that to anybody because that's also why players like her. Cause they trust her mm-hmm. and them yeah. having trust with players is the, is like the biggest thing, the biggest part of their job, because then when they really need to know something, they can get it. Yeah. I, I, I thought, I, I thought, I thought about that as well. Like maybe they, the players wouldn't act the same way if there was someone who could understand what they were, what they were saying in the dugout. But, uh, I don't know. There's just there's something about that, and I think it's uh, it would be really cool if we did have someone. So if anyone out there speaks Spanish and and uh, dreams of of covering this Blue Jays team or getting involved in Rogers Sportsnet or somehow covering baseball in Toronto, please uh, send an email. Make that case. Say what I just said, and what what a what a boon it could be. Play this play this little uh, tape from from our show, and uh, 
hope you hope you get a job because I I want that I want that access. I want to know more about this team because man, those times when MLB has their mic'd up videos and we get this access, we see what guys say to each other and they have the translation for the Spanish. It is I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing getting to to learn about these guys. There is one thing uh, in sort of in in regards to this that I I've thought about and uh and this isn't a comment to any of the other Spanish-speaking players who use a translator because to each their own. They can do whatever they want to do. I, I don't speak their language, nor am I put in a position where I have to be in front of a camera and try to convey a point to millions of people. But Jose Barrios, when he does his interviews, speaks English. And you yep. can tell that it's, it's a struggle to, to a degree. Like, it's not... It's not um, like I my guess is that he speaks English probably about as good as like Vladdy speaks English. Um, and I just really, I just, I was just really, uh, I don't know, touched isn't the right word, but I just really respected the fact that he put himself out there and he, and he, you know, kind of battles through these interviews in, in speaking English. You don't see that all that often. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And it seems like he's got a reputation for that. As even when they had that YouTube game coverage when it was the the big like game of the week for MLB, they had an interview with him in the dugout with the headset on and going going to him like whoever uh Dan Plesak or whatever having a conversation with him live during the game and like they're always like it's always so great to talk to you Barrios and everyone like it just feels like that's a known thing about him is that he's gonna do interviews and he's gonna do it in English and that's I it's it's you can't you can't uh fault any of the guys for not wanting to um speak English but it is it it definitely makes a difference and uh getting to to know a bit of their personality you know but that's always gonna that's always going to depend too on just who the dude is. Like you, I listen to every single Bo Bichette interview, and I get nothing of his personality because he absolutely doesn't let anyone in and gives the the, the most like shut down answers every time, yeah, and totally. he's speaking in his language. So it's it's there's also just an element to it when when there is a translator and there is a player uh, in an interview. It's just bad TV. It just takes too long. Yes. It's just like, it's just like, it, and you know, so then you get the edited version where you just hear the, uh, the translator talking over while the player is, is talking. And again, it's not a comment on their ability to speak English or their right to speak in whatever language they choose to. It's just bad TV. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little sensitive topic here, but I like, I like talking <laughs> about it. There's something interesting about it and, uh, you know, it's thinking about what more could MLB do? What more could these teams do to try and help these players feel confident in English? Or I don't know. It's it's curious. But you could also imagine like it being kind of comfortable to to not tell the media or the organization or whatever that you're going to do interviews in English. Because if Vladdy said, if Vladdy said to them right now, if he said, "I'm going to do." any interview in English, they would be up his ass with interviews. They, he, it would be all the time. He would be inundated with requests to do that. And so you could imagine that him not doing that kind of keeps that away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I do think though, that even if we had, even if we had the, this, this media member who could interview them in Spanish and then translate what they're saying, like so that it's direct, not I'm going to ask a question in English, 
translator translates it to Spanish, and we have that 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 number of uh, uh, things to pass through these obstacles, and just having a personality of someone who's who's asking the questions and talking to them in Spanish, and then translates what their answer was afterwards. I feel like even that could could make for better TV than having Hazel May ask Hector ask. Vladdy, uh, the question who then Hector LeBron translates, and then we it's just there's too many barriers. It's just, and Vladdy's and answers when you know he's with Hector are just so by rote, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're it's almost like he's a politician, like they're interviewing a politician, mm-hmm. and it's like Hector even knows what the answer is before Vladdy even says it. Yes, yeah. Vladdy was just in the in the moment looking for his pitch, he wants to thank. Thank the fans. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's 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 what I got for for this episode, David. You got anything you wanted to uh, touch on before we rip out of here? Nope. Just keep it going. Going into uh, are we going into Minnesota? Yeah. No. We're, the twins are coming here. Oh, oh. We got to keep this going because we go right back to Tampa Bay when this series is done. So got to sweep the Twins. Right. Um, okay. So so we got we got twins we got some pitching adjustments it sounds like that they're trying to figure out we got to get the right dudes lined up um for the for the wild card for the possibility of tiebreakers of all this stuff things are getting complicated things are coming down to the wire and we are managing this team to be ready for the playoffs is do you hey do you have a a preference of who you play yankees or, or bow Sox in a wild card game are we assuming it's in Toronto or are we assuming we're the visiting team? Um, either one. I'll take Yankees. Yeah, I'll same. take Yankees all day over the Red yeah, Sox. Fuck, I do not want to <laughs> see that Red Sox lineup um, in any playoff game. I do not. I just, uh, I, I don't trust. I, I feel better about facing Red Sox pitching. Maybe, nah. Like, uh, do you want Garrett Cole or do you want uh, Chris Sale? I don't, that's tough, but... Uh, I don't want to face Alex Cora in a playoff situation is who I don't want to face. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Yankees uh, every day. Every day. In in the Bronx or in Toronto, either one, I'm, I'm cool with. Um, I feel like we've seen Garrett Cole enough, and we've got Alejandro Kirk who destroys Garrett Cole. Um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good about that matchup. Yeah, same. All right, everybody, uh, we'll be back when we're back, um, whenever that is. Be sure to give us a, a follow. Make sure that your your downloads are set to automatic. Make sure you leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we've had some uh, uh, shout out to, uh, I think it's Chanel Fisher. She's been interacting with everything we've been throwing out on Twitter. One of the few. Uh, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast and listen to podcasts in general don't get on Twitter. Uh, I don't I don't think I follow many of the podcasts that I listen to's Twitter accounts unless it's they it's people who are big on Twitter who happen to do podcasts. But you know, uh I, I had a, I just put out a funny little tweet, that same picture, uh David, that I sent you of uh Jamie Campbell taking a crap. I said uh <laughs> uh, uh I don't know what I said, but I think it was just that the caption was uh, the Jays to 
the Rays this series, and then it was that picture of of Jamie Campbell taking a dump. <laughs> Uh, that's what happened this weekend Um, alright everybody thank you very much Uh, this is Underdogs we out